Jesus light of the world. So we'll start praying, we'll start to preach. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that your grace and mercy is so sufficient. But Lord, we thank you also that you bear with such rebellious children, such people that, as David said earlier, we forget how glorious our God is. We forget how merciful and mighty he is. We forget how, how much he's given to us and always shows love to us, patience to us, kindness to us, when sometimes we don't show that to him. So, Father, as we commit this time to you, I pray that you would cleanse your servant, that you would release my heart, my tongue, my ears and my eyes to not only preach the word, but that you would help me deliver this message to people's hearts that they will hear and receive what they have, you have prepared today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. So today, I'd like us to look at Jesus being the light of the world. And I'd like us to see what the term means for us in the world, explore the significance of light in the Bible, and what it means to live in the light of God. This is where the technical seems to start. What is light? don't know if you can read that, but I'm going to read it out. Collins Dictionary defines light as the brightness that lets you see things. Light comes from sources such as the sun, moon, lamps, and fire. Could I just suggest that the fire is controlled and you don't go around being a pyromaniac? <laughs> Dictionary.com defines light as the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible, such as a source of illumination like an electric lamp. It can be an expression in someone's eyes indicating a particular emotion or mood, or it's an understanding of a problem or mystery and enlightenment. Wikipedia, this is one of the less technical, but it was quite a technical reference, but I thought I'd mention it. Light is electromagnetic radiation within a certain portion of the electromagnetic spectrum that is visible to the human eye. This gives us our sense of sight. Now, if you can interpret that, then fine. You could tell me afterwards what it means. But I'm just sticking to the first two definitions, which are a bit clearer. But Wikipedia, I think we're going a bit too over the board on that one. So what does the Bible say about light? The word light appears 278 times in the New King James Version of the Bible. And it's within 49 of the 66 Bible books. 180 references are in the Old Testament, with 35 of these in Job and 32 in Psalms. Now, I was quite surprised at that, that Job has got the highest number of references to light. Of all the books in the Bible, Job. But, of God is the glory, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Psalms, I'm, I'm not surprised about, but Job, <laughs> considering his situation. But we can see he went through a hard time. In the biblical context, light is always good. And it does involve the removal of darkness. Light is the first of God's works that we see in his creation of our existence. Light has also been used in the Bible to represent God's life in us and to reflect his divine presence. Light is used to symbolise the holiness and glory of God. The word light is used many times in the Bible to describe many aspects of God. Jesus called himself the light of the world. The second of his I am statements about himself recorded in John's Gospel. The Apostle John also uses the word light often in all of the books he wrote. 
Jesus also made association with the other references to light that had been made towards God in the Old Testament, such as his truth, righteousness, and eternal life. He also revealed that by following his, him, people could receive the spiritual awakening of true life, empowered by the Holy Spirit, making children of God who would obey and love God as he purposed them to. There are different types of light in this world. Physical light we can see and feel by our senses. But God's spiritual light only comes from an encounter with Jesus. Genesis 1.3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. A lot of us, when we read this verse, assume God turned the lights on like we flick a switch. And he created what we know as light. However, when you look more closely at the Hebrew translations of these words, it means God literally commanded or willed the universe into existence. Life was created by the power of God. The Apostle John expands on this when he talks about Jesus at the beginning of his gospel. John 1, from verse 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the word, Christ. And the word was with God, and the word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it and is unreceptive to it. The witness of John the Baptist. There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe in Christ the light through him. John was not the light but came to testify about the light. There it was, the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. He, Christ, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, that which belonged to him, his world, his creation, his possession, and those were his own people, the Jewish nation, did not receive and welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority and privilege to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trusted and rely on his name. Who were born not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God, that is a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified. So for me, John is clearly saying that Jesus' light brought life to the world. The light of the world entered the world as a human when he was born a baby in a manger in Jerusalem. But the light of the world existed from the beginning of time and creation. For it was his light working with the other members of the Holy Trinity that created everything that we see today. A quote from Charles Spurgeon. The birth of Jesus is the grandest light of history, the sun in the heavens of all time. It is the pole star of human destiny, the hinge of chronology, 
the meeting place of the waters of the past and the future. So what did Jesus' light bring to us? Well, initially, Jesus' light brings life, a new and better life, and in some cases, an extended life. It has many aspects. It's pure, it's good, it's wonderful. And we see Paul, as we see with Paul, it was a bright light that he saw and blinded him, which knocked him off his horse. For others, when they see Jesus' light, their eyes are opened and they are healed. We sing many songs about it, and even the Bible calls him the light of the world. There was a great light, a star, that signified the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he walked the earth on one occasion, his light shone to a few disciples, revealing his glory, purity, and goodness to them. Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And his appearance changed dramatically in their presence. And his face shone with heavenly glory, clear and bright like the sun. And his clothing became as white as light. During Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain, we see a glimpse of the glory Jesus held within himself as he walked on the earth. His light brings expectation. Before Jesus' arrival on earth, the whole Jewish nation was longing for hundreds of years to see a sign that their Messiah was coming. Before he was born and at his birth, many rejoiced at his entry into the earth. Mary and Joseph firstly, followed by Zechariah, who prophesied this at the birth of his son, John the Baptist. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. And jump into Luke verse, chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, carefully observing the divine law, and looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. Prompted by the Spirit, he came into the temple enclosure, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him the custom required by the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed and praised and thanked God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to leave this world in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, to disclose what was previously unknown, and to bring the praise and honour and glory of your people Israel. And his legal father and his mother were amazed at what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, Listen carefully, this child is appointed and destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is to be opposed. And the sword of deep sorrow will pierce through your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She did not leave the area of the temple, but was serving and worshipping night and day with fastings and prayers. 
She too came up at that very moment and began praising and giving thanks to God and continued to speak to him, to all who were looking for the redemption, speak of him, to all who were looking for the redemption and deliverance of Jerusalem. Others later rejoiced, such as Simeon and Anna at the temple, when they realised God had blessed them by allowing them to see Jesus before anyone would know the impact he would not only have on the Jewish nation, but also the whole world. Even before John the Baptist testified to Jesus' arrival, both Simeon and Anna were sharing the good news of his arrival. We see in verse 32, Simeon realised not only the Jewish nation would profit from Jesus' arrival, but also Gentiles would see God's salvation through Jesus. Isaiah 60 verse 3. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Jesus is the light for all nations. He is the Messiah foretold about in the Old Testament, who reveals the truth of the Holy God. But most of all, he is the Messiah of both Jew and Gentile. All who believe in him are welcomed into his presence and eternal kingdom. 1 James, chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So God's light brings many things into our hearts like joy, hope, love and peace, forgiveness and mercy. And when we go through hard times, it brings endurance and perseverance. We must never forget the light that God has brought into the world through his Son, his perfect, pure, gracious and loving light. A light like no other, and a light that keeps us, strengthens us, and knows no limits as it pierces through life and darkness. So the power of the light of this world, our Lord and Saviour Jesus, works in many different ways. His light can bring direction, as John 9.5 says. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, giving guidance through my word and works. And John 12, from verse 35. So Jesus said to them, The light is among you, only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. He is drifting aimlessly. While you have the light, believe and trust in the light. Have faith in it, hold to it, rely on it. So that you may become sons of light, being filled with light as followers of God. Jesus provides light to us to guide us and to help us live a life pleasing to God. His light provides direction and purpose, but we must have faith in his light, as it also brings wisdom and revelation to our hearts, which no man or woman can provide. A quote from A.W. Tozer. When God brings all things to light, you will discover just how significant you've been in God's plan. I thought that was very poignant. Because there's lots of times where you think, why, why am I here? Is there what, has anyone asked that question? Why am I here? Not here in church today. I'm saying, why am I here on earth? At one point in your life, I think you've, you've pondered that question, haven't you? Now, many of us would, you know, the world would say, well, then I have to take up a hobby. Take up yoga. Basket weaving cars, something, to fill that gap. 
But it doesn't fill that gap, does it? No. It still doesn't fill that desire that you're here for a reason. <laughs> and I know the films portray it, especially the American films, you know. You're here for a reason, you know. You're here for a purpose. But I believe that they've just stolen that from God. Yeah. God was the first one. Mm. From Adam, he gave him a purpose. Gave him the garden to tend. Yeah. He's given us a purpose. All of us. Mm. We just have to gu- be guided by his light. Just let him open that door. What did even Jesus said, open that door. He doesn't say how wide. He just says, open the door. Mm-hmm. Now, we know when we've got people on the doorstep, you don't open that door wide, do you? <laughs> you can keep the latch on as well. Say, so, yeah, I can see you, I can hear you. But with Jesus, he'll open the door wide to you even before you open that door again to him. Light represents the glory of God. 1 Timothy 6, verses 14, from verse 14. To keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. His light reflects his holiness, his righteousness and purity. And no mortal man can gaze upon his full glory and live. When Moses was in the presence of God, because of the Shekinah glory shining from God, Moses would have had what we would call a suntan. His face would be radiant from being in the presence of the Lord. How much more would the Son of God, who is God himself, radiate the glory of God? Let's look at Revelations. 1 from verse 12 then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me and after turning I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands I saw someone like the son of man dressed in a robe reaching to his feet and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest his head and his hair were white like white wool glistening white like snow and his all-seeing eyes were flashing like a flame of fire piercing into my being His feet were like burnished white hot bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was powerful like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword of judgment, and his face, reflecting his majesty and the Shekinah glory, was like the sun shining in all its power at midday. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 For God who said... Let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God's light in you reveals his will to your heart and to your mind. So how does God's light benefit us and the world? Because it does say light of the world. It doesn't say light of Lighthouse Church. Or light of the Anglican church. It says light of the world. God's light is like physical light to us. It allows us to see the way ahead. Now us who are drivers, isn't it useful when it's bright outside? You may have to put the sun visor down. But it's better for us to drive in good daylight, isn't it? I've driven in darkness. And even with headlights, I still hit a deer. A big buffus deer. Why? Because I couldn't see it coming. 
But if it's broad daylight, I could have seen it from a distance, avoided it. But at night, your vision is impaired. You can only see what the light that you've got in front of you shows you ahead. Unlike physical light, his light never fades or diminishes. It never runs out of power or has any limits to it. His light is ever eternal, ever bringing revelation to believers, ever changing lives and hearts. It shatters the darkness and sin in man's heart, and it brings peace to our once broken relationship with the Almighty God. His light brings refreshment and re-energizes us. When we go on holiday, we go to a sunny, warm, warm place, don't we? Yeah. Is that a consensus? Well, most people say they go to a sunny place, yeah. unless you're one of these guys that want to go skiing and like the cold. No. But I'm not one of those people. No. I prefer the warm places mm-hmm. with a beach yeah. and water. <laughs> <laughs> Melted water, that is. Sunlight in moderation is good for us, yes? Yes. Sets us in a better mood? Yes. And we're more likely to be smiling a bit more? Yes. We don't normally go away to a miserable place with miserable weather because more than likely your mood will become miserable as well. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> God always intended us to live by his light. Not light generated from the sun, but his pure life-giving light that never fails to warm our hearts with his peace and love, as we see in Revelation 21, from verse 22. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Ruler of all, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun, nor of the moon, to give light to it. For the glory, splendor, radiance of God has illuminated it, and the Lamb is its lamp and light. The nations, the redeemed people from the earth, will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring into it their glory. By day, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed in fear of evil. And they will bring the glory, splendor, majesty, and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing that defiles or profanes or is unwashed will ever enter it, nor anyone who practices abominations, detestable, morally repugnant things and lying, but only those will be admitted whose name have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus' eternal light will be all that is required to illuminate the new heaven and earth where all believers who trusted in him, who allowed his light to shine through them and showed the love of Jesus in this world, will live with God. They will also share in the radiance and the glory of his great light forevermore. No more sin, sickness or death. Just the pure, righteous, holy presence of God and his chosen redeemed people. Jesus' light knows no end. It is an everlasting light. Unlike our sun, which has five billion years. Yes, I did look that up. It has five billion years. Not that I'm going to be around to see it, but five billion years. For it to survive before it burns out. And when it does, it will destroy itself and everything around it. Jesus' light is everlasting. It has no shelf life and it will go on and on and on. It's more durable than the whole world's supply of dual cell batteries. Jesus' light continues never to lose any of its power, any of its radiance or brilliance any of its life-giving influence or presence because it radiates his everlasting glory. 
Now, I know for most of us, we don't want to be in a hurry to go and see heaven just yet, are we? I would hope there's no suicidal tendency people sitting in the church today. But just imagine, when you go on holiday, there's no guarantee that you're going to have good weather, is it? You could fly hundreds of miles to, say, California and bet that the hurricane hits just as you touch down. (laughs) And hurricanes ain't ain't funny. There's rain, there's wind. There's no Disneyland when there's a hurricane hitting it. In heaven, you don't have to worry about hurricanes. You don't have to worry about plane (laughs) schedules. God is there with you, right there with you. And he's radiating so much that all you're going to do is just say, thank you, Jesus. And just take it all in. Revelations 22 from verse 1. The perfect life. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb Christ, in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer exist anything that is cursed because sin and illness and death are gone. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve and worship him with great awe and joy and loving devotion. That's us, church. We're the bondservants. We're going to be there in the presence of God and we're just going to be happy to be there. That's it. That's the perfect light for us. They will be privileged to see his face so before, because we're man now, we, cannot, we can't even look glory. But in heaven, we'll be able to see his face. But just remember the description in the previous Revelation verse. His eyes are like fire, ever piercing. His hair like white as snow. So if you can endure that, then surely you have to be right before him. And his name will be on their foreheads, and it will no longer be night. They will have no need for lamplight or sunlight because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign as kings forever and ever. Again, look at that, kings. Do you feel like a king or queen now? You will be in heaven. You will be. Keep going, keep plugging. It may not feel like it or going to be, but you're already there seated on the right hand. Remember what the Bible says. (coughs) You are seated in heavenly places now. So technically, you are a king and queen now. You're just waiting for the full inheritance to come your way. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. What does it mean not to walk in darkness? And I don't mean turning the light on. We're talking about spiritual light here. John 8.12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. His light brings deliverance from darkness of all kinds, not just physical darkness, but mental and spiritual darkness that might overwhelm us. 1 John 1 verse 5. This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announce to you, that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. Only his light can deliver us from the darkness of this world and its snares. Darkness is where sin and hopelessness reign, while in God's light, his glory, holiness and righteousness reign, overcoming the darkness of our lives. 
But his light not only pierces the darkness, it obliterates it. And it just brings a strength we could never gain in our own self, but in him. It empowers us to do great things beyond ourselves and our understanding. His light pierces through all things and his light shines out of us so that it touches others and their hearts and lives also radiate the love and life of God. Matthew 5 from verse 14. You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that you may see your good deeds and more excellence, and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It opens up our eyes to God's salvation, love, peace, hope and mercies, and we are changed forevermore after this. His light brings transformation and repentance to those who believe in God's Son, Jesus Christ. John 3 verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world. That is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This verse tells us how Jesus came into the world not to condemn it, but to save it through his life. His light not only saves our souls from eternal destruction, but it changes us into the people God always destined us to be in him. His light brings hope. Hope for a new day. Hope for new opportunities. Hope for a change in circumstances. King David, when going through his hard times, was encouraged when thinking or praying for God's light to come into his situations. I'm sure there's some of us here who have been and come through with God from dark places, but his light has changed us all for the better. We see great transformations of people in the New Testament. A hot-tempered fisherman becomes one of the boldest disciples at Pentecost, and a Christian persecutor becomes one of the greatest apostles for Christ. In heaven there is perfect and everlasting light, generated by God himself, with no darkness at all. However, in hell there will be utter darkness, and no presence of light. John 12, verse 46. I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes and trusts in me as Saviour, all those who anchor their hope in me and rely on the truth of my message, will not continue to live in darkness. Jesus came into the world to be our Saviour, to deliver us from darkness, sin and death, and transfer us into his light, his new life, his kingdom, and the presence of God. Jesus was stretched beyond anything we could endure. He never gave up or was overcome by sin or darkness. His light and life overcame both. So what does it mean to live in the light of God? Jesus' light works on many different levels and not just spiritual ones. Jesus had to come into the world to fully reveal the work of the Holy Trinity, to reconcile fallen mankind back to God. As followers of Jesus' light, We stand against the darkness of this world and live a life that allows us to stay close to his light and allow more of his light to shine from us. Just going to go through these tables. I'm going to compare the aspects of light to the aspects of Jesus. So for light, it helps us see our surroundings. This room is well lit. I can see all of you. And unfortunately, you can see me at the front. (laughs) 
But for Jesus, he, he goes beyond that. He helps us see God's truth and God's life. Light guides us in our journeys. I already told you about one of my journeys. But for Jesus, he guides us back to God. And he guides us in everything we do in our lives. Light encourages growth. Scientists have already proven that plants need light. Trees need light. Humans need light. But Jesus encourages growth growth for us to be a new person in him. Light, natural light, removes darkness. Jesus' light removes physical and spiritual darkness from every area of our life. Natural light warms and comforts. Jesus' light removes our cold hearts and fills them with loving grace. Natural light radiates or shines out while Jesus radiates the life and love of Jesus to a fallen world. In some aspects of light, there is purity to it. For Jesus, Jesus' purity has redeemed us and cleansed us from our sins. And finally, natural light makes you feel good, as we said earlier. But Jesus' light is good in all things and all ways. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 5 says, For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. His light makes us ambassadors for Christ in him. The light of Jesus draws people to him. Most people and animals are drawn to light. True? Why? Because we want to be close to the light, be it in his presence, warmth and essence. Now for the fly that's attracted to the light that's going to kill it, that's bad luck for them. But for the rest of us who are attracted by light because it's good, We're okay with it. And his light shines out of every living being as he is the source of the life that we enjoy, that we share in and that we will encourage others in. His true light only comes out of us when we accept his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit empowers our lives to truly reflect what God had always intended for every human being to show the light of his son, Jesus Christ, radiating out of them. A quote from Charles Spurgeon. The Bible is not the light of the world, it is the light of the church. But the world does not read the Bible, does it? The world reads Christians. You are the light of the world. If we are to live in the light of God, we need to be in close fellowship with God through Jesus and his Son, via the Holy Spirit. To do this, we must acknowledge and repent of our sins daily, not hiding or denying them, but confessing them so we may receive God's continued forgiveness, grace and mercies for our lives every time we sin. To live in his light, we must remain obedient to his ways and commandments, especially the one Jesus highlighted about loving God and loving others as Jesus has loved us. Through this, the world will see Jesus and his light through us. In this, all God's commandments can be fulfilled. Matthew 6 from verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Jesus warns us that if the light or life in us is not his life, 
or there is no sign of his presence anywhere in your heart or soul, then you are to be pitied. For you are in a very dark place where you will not allow his love and light to bring life and restoration back to God. We must continually fight against becoming like the world to remain in its light, to remain in his light. So we cannot love the ways of this world as love for the world will corrupt us. The truth God has revealed to us and hinder his light in us. Do not be like the thorny soil from the parable of the sower that hears the truth, but the trials and struggles of this world strangle the joy, love and peace and truth that God has blessed you with in your hearts. Those who live in his light will love God so as to be transformed to be more like his son, Jesus. They will strive to eliminate sin from their lives and help others to eliminate this from their lives also. They will be motivated to please God and learn more about the Heavenly Father and the Holy Trinity. They will be able to discern truth from falsehood and through the Holy Spirit and their transformed lives, hearts and minds. They will build up their faith in God as they continually trust and walk with him through every situation, testifying in all circumstances about his goodness and faithfulness. God is light, so in him there cannot be any darkness or sin, as his presence cannot abide with it. So his holy and sinless son, Jesus, became the perfect sinless sacrifice for us, so that we would not be separated by sin from God's love. His light testifies about him. The three wise men searched the scriptures for him. We as believers see God and Jesus revealed through his word. It enlightens us to his goodness, grace, mercy and wisdom. When we believe, we take his light with us into the world. Just to go back to the three wise men. Just remember, the three wise men were Gentiles like us. Non-Jews, so that doesn't they weren't brought up in the teachings of Jewish nations. Now Herod also knew that Jesus was coming into the earth. And he had all of those advisors, not one, he had many advisors, who all knew the Old Testament back to front. Yet none of them could predict where Jesus was going to be born. And none of them even acknowledged when the three men said, we're still, we've seen a star. The three wise men, the Gentiles, don't know Jewish history. They know more than scholars did at that point in time. Why? The scholars didn't want to see what was right in front of them did not want to acknowledge that the saviour was actually here. Because what did that mean? They were put out of business. They're the experts. The saviour comes, what are they needed for? So they didn't want to. They had the opportunity to follow the three wise men. Herod wanted to for different reasons. But the wise, the, the people who were his advisors, didn't even move. They stayed where they were. Again, why? Because they did not want to know. We as Christians can't have that attitude. We have to be alert, because if Jesus does come, and I'm praying he doesn't come too soon, because there's many people I want to see saved before he comes. Mm. If we don't see the proper signs, if we're not in the right place with him, we will miss it. Those guys knew the thing back to front. We may think we know the Bible back to front, but we don't. There are still mysteries that God has not revealed to us. But he will reveal to you when it's the right time, if you will follow him and trust him and give it to him and him alone. God revealed these four key points to me a number of years ago and I have to hold to them. The first one is trust. I need to trust in his truth. 
to let his word reveal God's wisdom to me and knowledge to you. To follow in his ways and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to live a life worthy of your calling and position in God. As I said earlier, you do have a position in God. You may not realise it, but you do. Obey his commandments, for they will lead you to his sanctification, which opens to you more of his grace, hope, joy and peace. But most of all, believe. Believe that no matter how high your mountain is, God is always greater. And he will never ever let you go or let you down. It's our responsibility as believers and children of God to share the light we have received from God into the world around us. His word is good. Jesus is good. His light is good. Everything about God is good. So it stands to reason his children and followers should be good in and through him. Now that's you children. You children of God. You are good. Don't think that you're good because of what you've done. You're good because of what Jesus has done and what he's doing in you and continues to do in you. We can take delight in his light. But Jesus also shows that his light shows us his truth. It reveals his righteousness and it opens our eyes to the truth of who he is, who God the Father is, and his Holy Spirit just continues to radiate that light so that others can come to know him. Jesus our Lord came into the world to save us, to be our salvation, to be our saviour. But just remember that Jesus would have come into this world to save just you. If there was only one person worthy, and none of us are, if there was one person who would show faith in him, he would have died for just that one person. Jesus indicates this by the parable of the lost sheep and how he would have left the 99 that were saved for the one that was not saved. Each life matters to Jesus. Each soul, each creation matters to him because we're all made in the image of God. Now we as humans, we don't kill ourselves. We don't kill what we've created. So the value of human life is priceless. No value can be put on it. And I think God is of the same mind. God will not neglect his creation or let it destroy itself. So he continues to step in to provide a way for his creation because he does not want to lose a part of himself. He does not want to lose you ever. Light is beautiful and mysterious, like God. But Jesus' light removes the mystery and reveals even greater beauty in God. Jesus noted he is the light of the world because he came from the Father, spoke for the Father and went back to the Father. But most of all, He is one with the Father. When we accept Jesus as our light in this world and follow him, he makes a home in us by his Holy Spirit and we acknowledge him as our source of life. Also, he's known as the living water. He's also known as the living bread. He's our shepherd, our saviour and our king. As Jesus is the source of life for everything in this world, we must realise that everything in the world needs needs Jesus as its light. The world was made for his light alone. Your life is never the same once you have his light in you. To have the light of Jesus in you, you must be born again of the Spirit. Only those who worship in spirit can please God, for he seeks out those who do. One who was not of this world came into this world to be the light of this world. Would you willingly go into another world that you know will not accept you, 
despise you coming despite you coming for its own good and then die for them how awesome is that so in summary Jesus' light shows his glory brings us freedom and hope brings his revelation brings transformation and makes us a new creation brings reconciliation and makes us children of God we thank you Lord that all your words and your motives are to save us to bring us back into the presence of God to reconcile us a fallen creation a disobedient wayward creation and to reconcile us back to the glorious wonderful father who created us God made the perfect way through the perfect one to make the perfect salvation so that we may be saved in Jesus precious name I pray that if you have not done so already you would receive Jesus as your light believe in him why he came to us why he died for us and why God resurrected him from the grave to lead us into his perfect salvation according to his infinite mercies and grace. We thank you that through your grace and mercies that we are saved. You're glorious and wonderful. You're so beautiful, Lord Jesus. You truly are the light of the world and nothing and no one can ever compare to that light in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So Lord, we thank you for this message. We pray, Father, that our hearts continue to be enlightened by your light. That we allow that light to keep pushing out the darkness that the world and ourselves have put into our hearts. But that the light continues to cleanse us, release us, and empower us to shine more of your glory out into the world. Let us be those lamps, Father. Let us be that light of the world so that others may see you. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go straight into the community.